You are listening to the Golden Voice Podcast, and I'm your host, Jarvis Smith. I want to say thank you so much for clicking on that play button. We're getting a little bit closer to the holidays, and the Golden Voice Podcast is on intermission from our normal interview schedule. And uh, I'm just going to kick it with you and share this awesome bonus episode because we actually have a special guest coming to the podcast. And it's from our own internal Golden Voice podcast team, as we have Saish Kotecha, who is the senior graphic designer of the Golden Voice concert department that we have over here, but also the graphic designer behind the artwork and all the different creative you know, items that we have for our social media promotion of the Golden Voice podcast. So now Saish is coming to the Golden Voice podcast here as a guest this time. And I think it's really awesome to hear, you know, not only from Saish, from his creative standpoint as what he was thinking about when he was creating the artwork for the Golden Voice podcast, but just about his journey overall and how he got started in the music industry and just so much more about his life. So you know what? This is a really cool episode. I'm excited to share with you this holiday season. And I just want to give this little gift to you. Let's go ahead and get this started. Saish, please take it away. Yeah, totally. So I grew up in Chino Hills, California, um, Inland Empire, 909, representing over here. I grew up in a very like musical household. Um, My father, he's an Indian classical musician. He like plays the tabla, which is like an Indian um, drum. Um, And like, I just grew up with like Indian instruments around the house, like he would do concerts at the house, like just inviting like different Indian musicians. And um, there was, it was always music <laughs> in the house. Um, and, and my grandfather was a violinist um, and he was also like an architect and painter. So it's just like a lot of like creativity I was surrounded with, like from the get go out of my mother's room, it was like, um and i think being in that and growing up in that like naturally when i got to like junior high like right before i went to junior high i like saw the movie drumline i was like this is so sick this is one of the coolest movies like i want to play drums like and it was it was because like my dad had kind of like introduced me to that like more percussive kind of world that i was like really kind of like naturally in tune with like wanting to explore that idea because i didn't want to pursue like indian drums but like after i said the movie drumline i'm like okay if i'm not gonna like follow his footsteps i at least can do this western thing this western percussion idea of like playing drums or something in this realm um and then in junior high we had a really great like marching band drumline program so naturally i like joined that right when i got to junior high and then going into high school i went on to do um the drumline and marching band there and our high school was like actually one of the top high schools in the nation um for drumline and marching band. Like we were like a percussion ensemble. So during the summertime, there was a marching band aspect. There was like 300 students in our marching band. And we went to like grand nationals, like, and like 
competed nationwide against um, marching bands and stuff. And I played, I played cymbals, which is like kind of like the more unconventional, con- conventional idea of I think, uh, you know, when someone thinks of drumline. But you know, we we still were an integral part of like making sounds on the, you know, um, on the on in the ensemble. But um, naturally, I. You know, I, I played the cymbals and then I played bass drum on in the marching band and then in the drum line. And in our drum line specifically, we did like winter competitions where it was just the drum line, not the marching band. So there was like a smaller group of us, but just the percussion ensemble. And we competed on a world level. So we went to like world championships um, in Dayton, Ohio and like competed against all these different percussion ensembles from around the world. Um, and we like did really well. We always like ranked in the top tens or so. And then when I went into college, I did one year with an independent percussion ensemble. And um, this wasn't affiliated with like, I went to Cal State Fullerton. It wasn't affiliated with the university at all, but um, I, you know, went, and tried this out, this independent percussion ensemble. And we went to world championships and we won gold, which was really sick. (laughs) Um, And like our um, ensemble after that, like we were like on ABDC, the America's Best Dance Crew. Oh, shit. And yeah, (laughs) it was crazy. But it was a really dope experience. Like just like being surrounded by that and like that competitive like music nature for all those years. I think I I just naturally always like had my ear to the ground when it when it came to to music and and uh, stuff like that. Um, oh my goodness, yeah. man! <laughs> this, this sounds like Drumline the sequel. What the your version right here? Oh my goodness, oh, I man. didn't I didn't know you were that deep into it. God damn, man, that's that's super dope, man. <laughs> like I had some friends, some homies, of course, who who were in the in the band and stuff like that for for high school and whatnot. But I never knew this the 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 extent of of how deep that world went. So definitely just. Just like you seeing that movie Drumline and just seeing like, damn, I didn't realize it was that deep and with the competitions and just the scholarships and just the community. I was like, I was blown away by it, by it too, just when I saw that movie as well. So so I can only imagine what it was like to actually be in that environment. My goodness. So, so I'm curious to know, you grew up in a very musical family. You had this background with the Drumline. What types of music were you listening to personally then? So coming up through high school and college and everything like that. What type of arts were you into? I always had like a pretty eclectic taste when i when it came to this type of stuff i was listening to i would always try to listen to stuff that no one else was listening to um just because i was i don't know i didn't want to listen to the mainstream kind of stuff um you know i went through a phase of listening to a lot of like hardcore music like screamo like absolute trash now that i think about it but um you know, but like it was like very like aggressive, like rock music, um, all that type of stuff, and punk and stuff. And I think it was just like being a teenager and like being like maybe like ten out of ten people like POC like out of my school. Like you know, I just always had this like angst. I think growing up in that setting, but naturally, I think that kind of like 
being surrounded like in the drum line and like also like my musical background with my family and like being surrounded by like Indian classical music and also like um, world music in general, I think that kind of like um, opened up my palate. So I was like really into like um, a lot of like indie stuff, experimental electronic stuff, world music, like Afro rock. And then um, like more specifically, like I was super into like Animal Collective, um, like in high school and um, also like Jay Dilla and um, Arcade Fire. It was very like kind of wide spectrum. Like I listened to the more like niche, like um, kind of underground techno electronic stuff, like The Field, like who's this electronic producer from Sweden? to like more broader like um like bjork or like wu-tang or <laughs> freddie gibbs you know it was kind of like it was kind of spread out I, i'm not gonna lie like i, I feel like um you know I, I read and looked to pitchfork a lot for my music taste <laughs> um in that time and like you know listening to like the more obscure weird kind of pop stuff that was coming out to like the more underground hip hop stuff that was there, um, you know? And I think like natu naturally, cause I was listening to that kind of music and like following like Pitchfork and like this like blog house era of, of stuff, um, like towards the end of high school going into college, like as soon as I turned 18, um, I was already like following like a lot of this like underground beat scene in Los Angeles. And um, like right when I turned 18, I like went to low end theory. Um, and that's uh, it, for those that don't know, it's this kind of like legendary in my eyes um, club slash night that happened every Wednesday without fail at the airliner um, on the east side. Um, and it was one of those places that was really intimate. And it also like kind of really was my formative years of kind of really developing a broader sense of my music tastes when it came to like the, the LA beat scene, like everyone from like really obscure people like Teebs to Flying Lotus, you know, and, um, let's see gas lamp killer they would play there every wednesday night and i would go there without fail um and like you know they even brought out people like from the uk like underground dubstep scene like code nine and um marianne hobbs who was like one of my favorite um people to listen to on bbc radio one because she used to put on like uk dubstep grime like underground obscure stuff that no one even knew um and so i always like had a joy into going to low end theory and like discovering new artists on a weekly basis um that they would bring out to play and also just like homegrown talent 
yeah. from our area. I'm about know? to say, yeah, because you you got to be seeing that, and that's the cool thing. I'm coming from the Midwest originally, coming from Illinois, so 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 it's like for me, it's like hearing. I always love hearing these stories from people who come from Cali, who who had experienced the LA music scene and seeing a lot of these artists as they were coming up. They they had their buzz and stuff like that. So it's dope to hear those stories, like what you're telling me right now. I think that's that's phenomenal, and I know you even have your background DJing and everything like that. And you know, and and then everything, and then also too, I know that you told me as we were working on this podcast, doing the artwork for a lot of these episodes, right? You actually went to high school, one of the guests that we had, um, Cam Girl, and I'm just curious to know, hearing this story, you're telling me about the clubs you were going to, and just the DJ scene and the music scene, and your background DJing. Did you ever bump into Cam Girl during that, just during this time? So actually, like me and Kim, Cam Girl. We used to go to Low End Theory. We went to a couple raves together for sure, like hard New Year's Eve or some shit like that. Um, yeah, we definitely hung out and went out um, like towards the end of high school, like um, in that college time, um, like or even like club dance where it was like electronic music and like paparazzi and like kind of these like more like house uh, electro um, LA kind of resident resident djs were used to play at um like and stuff like that so yeah we definitely went out um and now she's doing her thing and she's blowing up it's awesome to see her growth hell yeah man no dude that's, that's just so dope again i love hearing these stories like this man it, it's so awesome to, to kind of just see that there's so much rich history in the music scene of la and you know stick it to the music scene of la and, and for you in particular i'm curious to know how did you get your break in the music industry how did that start for you what was that starting point for you in the music business totally so i in i went to cal state fullerton and i um because of all the stuff that I was going to and the stuff that was interested musically, I didn't want to like join the marching band or do drumline anymore. It was just like really time consuming and stuff like that. And I just kind of wanted to enjoy myself, um, you know, in college and really explore. And um, I joined the college radio station um, on campus and um, I started working there and I, as a music director, and I ended up being the music director on campus for the um, like four years that I was there. I was there for five years, but I was throughout my time there. I was working there at the college radio station as a music director, and I would handle all the music that would come into the the radio station and that would be on our server. So I would personally like reach out to all these like more obscure record labels and artists to like send us music and we would play the music or I would like hit up different um you know um different uh promoters and stuff to sell to give away tickets on our radio station um and then we used to throw shows on campus and um you know we used to like book like random punk bands in the in Orange County to come play our like the campus pub and stuff like that and even like djs and things like that and i think like naturally i was like like i was like the only designer studying design on the team so they're like you're gonna make the flyers too and so i was like all right i'll fucking do it and and it was like such a good way for me to start practicing um what i was learning like in the design program at cal state fullerton and then like actually like putting it to use and making like posters and flyers for parties or concerts that we were throwing on campus through the radio station um 
and then from there like i think it was just like meeting and rubbing my shoulders with either like record label people or um, people that were throwing concerts or festivals i knew like a couple connects at golden voice because dom and adrian both started working at um, golden voice before i did and they both went to cal state fortune as well and um that was that's actually um my that was my gateway to, to get into golden voice okay um, legendary yeah. dom oh my goodness yes yeah oh my goodness. Shout <laughs> out to dom and Adrian. oh my goodness yeah that, that, I, I like i like that yeah because again it's it's really cool to kind of hear how you're incorporating your graphic design um skill sets into what you were doing as well as you're putting together these shows and everything like that because like that gets i i can only imagine how fully immersed you were getting yourself involved so maybe now knowing how you got your start in the music industry and into golden voice maybe i'm curious to know you know when you first walked into golden voice and, and this is great for our listeners to know what was your experience it's like like walking into a company like Golden Voice after maybe uh, have you have you ever did you ever go to like a GV show or so so I like before I started at Golden Voice like and even like just working at the college radio I was actually throwing my own independent kind of parties like um, like at, this was at, a little bit after college and right before I started at Golden Voice but um, I was throwing like my own like vinyl nights in Santa Ana. Um, where we would just play vinyl and have invite DJs to play just vinyl, like dance music, and um, did that for like a year or two. And then I started like throwing like underground warehouse parties okay, um, okay. with okay. a couple people because yeah. I'm super into like underground dance music, like house and techno. And we would try to bring out actually a lot of Midwest um djs because the midwest knows what's up when it comes to house and techno there you go um chicago detroit what's up you know exactly exactly and so i think there was just like a need for like more bookings um and to like pay homage to like a lot of the cats that were doing stuff in chicago and detroit that never get booked and that should be getting booked so like i teamed up with like a, a some like local la um, people to like um, help design posters and stuff and bring out these artists. Um, and I feel like naturally, like I was just doing that stuff on my own on the side, just for the passion of it. And I love doing it. And I was like, just like Adrian was like, yo, we need a freelancer. Um, and they're looking for someone, a designer. And I would just kind of like in between kind of jobs right after college. Um, like I was working at an ad agency and then Adrian hit me up. He's like, Hey, we're looking for someone. And then, um, you know, I started off at golden voice actually as a freelancer. So I was just like doing contract work kind of like one-offs. Um, and it wasn't, um, I had been to like a couple GV shows and it was always a grand old time. Cause I love, live music and going to like the shrine for instance that was like one of the first like gv venues i'd been to and i was blown away um just like how massive it is and stuff and even like the roxy and you know for me like being from chino hills like glass house pomona was right there around the corner um but i didn't actually i think right when i first stepped into the office like when it was like my first day of freelancing and I was just kind of like, um, like in there like once or twice a week. Um, I was just like kind of, um, 
what's the word? Um, I was, I was like, damn, am I good enough to be here to like be doing design work? And I think when you kind of like are in those uncomfortable states, I think it it's always like an opportunity for, for you to grow, you know? And yeah. I, and I think being, I, it wasn't like I was like, like, uncomfortable or scared i think it was just like one of those like oh shit like this is golden voice they throw coachella and have all these dope ass venues and stuff like that and that's that's what it was for me but and knowing adrian kind of like helped me ease into like the setting a little bit more but it was just like super cool you know like um just seeing like how many different floors there were and like oh like the top level or like Four, five, and six, you can actually see like that golden voice neon sign and stuff. Like, so it was, it was dope. Like, just starting off as a contractor, it was like kind of on the lighter side of doing posters and um, billboards, even, or even like some of the more print heavy stuff that um, we did on the design team um, at the time. And this was like in 2017-18, I started off as a contractor. Mm, yeah, some good years. A lot of a lot of cool shows happening around that one. I I'd say that. Yeah, right there. Uh, yeah. Ex- exciting Definitely. time. And, and I'm curious, Nell, sticking to this thing, you know, and I think this would be great. You know, I'm always love hearing this part. What was like a what is a typical day like for you as a graphic designer at Golden Voice? Um, I, I'll always love hearing this because everyone's experiences are so different about their day to day. So from your perspective. What is your typical day like? Okay, so I feel like it's different every day because um, we get hit up by all the marketers on the GV concert side, club side, um, and everyone's playing off different shows at any given time. There could be like on sales happening at 10 a.m. on Friday or and they need the artwork right away. And so like we usually like try to prioritize that kind of stuff or like we'll have to sometimes I think on a typical day we're working on anything from making a poster or resizing a poster to making a billboard or several different banner sizes for like socials or um coming across like different um Artists that I think what the fun part is, is like sometimes we get hit with like, oh, this show's coming up. And then you kind of like discover this new artist that you've never heard of. And you're like, oh, this is really dope. This is like, I'll actually go to the show maybe, you know, when it plays off or um, you start listening to it while you're designing, designing the assets for that show. Like, I think that's always the fun part. Or even when the artist come, artist camp, comes to us with no artwork and let's say they're playing out at the Novo and they have no artwork and we get to create the artwork from scratch. Oh. I think that's the, that's the funnest bit. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. And you're, you're really good. I have just, this is actually segue, segue perfect into my next question here because you're really good at, at visual identity, uh, branding, right? I mean, uh, Saeed, for our listeners here, he is the main man responsible for creating all the amazing graphics and artwork and covers for this podcast here. So 
just sticking to that, you know, what inspired you to create a lot of the visual identity and branding for the Golden Voice podcast? And when you had that blank slate where you can maybe have a little bit of direction of like, we want to have this this type of vibe or whatever, what goes into your mind with working on something like this podcast in particular? Like what kind of gets you inspired to start creating and, and what was the creative process like for you? Well, first off, uh, thank you for, for saying all that. And I, I really was stoked to work on this project because um i think this was like one of like the first bigger projects i was able to like work on and like trevor's like hey go for it like let's see what you can come up with it's like a blank slate you know it was like kind of like fresh because a lot of us came back from furlough or whatever it may be so you know i was stoked to work on like a branding identity project and that's that's like my forte and that's like what i um do a lot for like stuff on the side clients freelance stuff um and stuff that was actually doing during my furlough time i actually worked on a podcast cover identity for maxim for this guy that had a podcast on the mag like through the magazine um which is really interesting and so i think like having that little project on the side kind of really like helped me approach this visual identity and branding for the golden voice podcast in a different light because i had a little bit experience in the hard podcast identity world and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't in the plethora and saturated market yeah, and podcast yeah. <laughs> when you look at the thing it's like okay what the hell do i listen to and for me personally is like okay what catches my eye visually like is it the colors or is it the typography you know what is it and also like what's it about like i'm, I'm usually into like self-help music kind of podcasts right so it kind of helps like already like being interested in music to like kind of approach this in that kind of mindset. And um, I think looking at a lot of different stuff that was um, that already exists in the kind of like music section of podcasts. um, I, I think I approach this in a way that could be something that's fun, vibrant, and, but like also simple and engaging and where we could highlight like not only like the press photo of the artist in such a way to where it looked like this kind of like i really love using texture and kind of like realism in the graphics so like for this like i have that plastic on the covers of these things right and we talked i think in general like a starting base for the identity was like a record or something like that so like i I love the idea of like looking at something on my phone and like wanting to actually grab it or something like something visual like that i think is always enticing for people to click on you know like if it really has that kind of like pop of that extra element of texture i think always is like a kind of helpful factor in terms of someone actually clicking on the content or um, seeing it and being intrigued enough to click on it and press play, right? Um, And 
I was like, okay, how can we add like a motion element to this that still kind of fits the static record idea, but at the same time can be like engaging. So like, I was like, let's have the record spin. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you know, that, so right? it makes so sense. Effective. You know? so effective. <laughs> um, and it doesn't have to be much, but I, and like, I think one thing I learned in design and I, I'm still learning, I'm learning every day. I mean, the learning never ends, but less is more, you know, and just like having like blown up type in the background and then just having the record spinning on top of it and a simple color background is great. You know, you don't need much else. And I think as we, as I started doing the podcast art, like for each episode, I started it seeing it be cohesive, like in one consistent family, I think. Like when you when I just did the mock-ups, it was one thing, but then once I started doing each episode and like kind of like interchanging like the stickers with the with the different artist names and just kind of swapping out the the photos and um, you know just using that same kind of like identity and template for each one, um, you kind of saw it in this whole family. And I think having those different colors um, colorways kind of like distinguish them from one another but also like now when you look at them as a collection it looks really fun hell yeah absolutely dude i'll never forget the first words that, that i said in our in our meeting that we had when you showed us like just the mock-ups of the artwork i said this feels real <laughs> you know that's that's the first feeling that i had i was like this feels real it's like it's one thing to have all these audio recordings and all this stuff like that but it's like i just needed something to make it feel like okay this is really about to happen and when you came with the artwork my goodness man like you gave the just that that look that feel it, it was just it was like okay this is this is really happening now right and and it's just amazing and then of course when we got to the very first episode with uh sleigh bells you know sleigh bells one thing i like about them so much is that visually they're very good at just taking photos of of, of themselves both Derek and Alexis are really good at just having great shots of them, promo shots, right? So like with your artwork and just their their current promo shot they're using for their latest record, I thought like, man, this this looks, they already look tough. And now when, with your artwork, they look even tougher. And it's just like, I don't know. It was, just, it was just so goddamn dope, man. I was like, okay, this, again, it just felt so real. I was, I was so amped up. And then even being a day in Vegas, our show yeah. that we did in November, man, people, you know, they were like, oh yeah, you do the Golden Voice podcast. And then of course, everyone kept talking That's about dope. the artwork. They kept talking about the artwork, hey, man. That- that means a lot. That's so dope to hear. I mean, like, and I think at like when I talking about the texture and like you just saying like how hard they looked on that cover, like even like just kind of like switching the color of it, but also I think that kind of like texture and that grittiness of like the artwork identity, like kind of comes down to like the core of like Golden Voice. It's very punk and DIY, you know, and I, I feel like subconsciously, maybe I wasn't even thinking about it, but like, now that I think about it, like as a whole, like, I think it really just reflects, you know, like sleigh bells is a very, it it fits, it fits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. No, this is, that's, that's spot on, man. So, you know, 
you know, Saish, you you have so much that you're that you're doing in between designing, between between DJing, between just you know everything that you get your hands involved with. I think it's always so cool about Golden Voice. We have so many just collective people who are just interested in so many different things. So I always like to know for people like yourself, you know, what are you most excited to see take place as we close out the year in 2021? What are you most excited to see take place in live music in 2022? Okay, I, I, there's two things. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell you two things. There's there's artists and festivals and concerts that I'm stoked about, but there's also like one thing that I just like have personally been, it's been bothering me and also like kind of like false promises maybe or something like, you know, over the pandemic, people were thinking and talking a lot about a lot of different things, you know, topics and what have you like, okay. The discrepancies of like lineups being mainly like um, cis white men or whatever, um, like not enough POCs on a lineup, not enough females on a lineup, you know. And a lot of people were like talking about how they want to change that landscape of when festivals do come back, when lineups do come back or whatever it may be, seeing more representation on those lineups, I think is so important. And now that things are playing off and things are starting to come back, like I'm still seeing the old shit happening and not as much representation being, being on these lineups and not enough like kind of like thought going into curating these lineups when it comes to kind of like paying homage to like a lot of people that don't get the light of day when it comes to this is just an example of like because it's a lot of the music that i dj and a lot of the stuff that i'm into which is like underground dance house techno electronic music for instance like House came from Chicago from black queer clubs. It's it's a known fact. And also Detroit is like the birthplace of techno that came from black artists. Why aren't we seeing more of that in live music for those type of genre festivals? You know? And I think I'm starting to see more of it slowly but surely, but we have a ways to go before I feel like they are more represented in this because it it came from these artists that are kind of like forgotten and erased from this like electronic narrative of like electro- American electronic dance music. Um, and I think for me, like this kind of segues into like one thing I'm really excited about um, next year, which is movement in Detroit. I go, I've been going for the past three years and obviously last year didn't happen, but like that Memorial day weekend um, in Detroit is so special because I get to see that representation happening there. Um, and they're booking um, those artists that are not usually playing out in America as much as they are in Europe, let's say, <laughs> because I feel like more people are educated um, in terms of where house and techno comes from and what artists, you know, started that music. Um, but 
um, I'm super stoked about movement in Detroit. It's a sick, um, predominantly electronic music festival that happens there every year. Um, and then in terms of our Golden Boy shows, there's a shitload happening <laughs> next year that I'm stoked about. Um, for one, like Bjork, she's playing at the Shrine. It's gonna be so sick. Um, Turnstile, um, Beach House, and then like the festival that we just recently announced, the Saint No Picnic. I'm super stoked about that. Um, I love mean, the like, artwork have, too. I love the artwork, man. Um, you know, you know, it's super, hey, super dope. I mean, shout, out to, shout out to the creative team out there for all y'all killing it. Marketing, <laughs> creative, everybody. Y'all did a good job. It's such one. a it's such a fun one because you have like a kind of like pool of different types of music. You know, everyone from like Chicago House, Honey Dijon, to like Avalon Emerson, to LCD Sound System, to like a freaking legends like La Tigre and, um, you know, Yves Tumor, you got Fortet, Floating Points. I don't know, it's just super fun and exciting to see something like that um, that's coming down the pipeline that I'm really stoked about. Yes, man. It's so much happening here. And, and I love the insight you just provided about just the lineups and just and, and just what you're seeing out there. I, I love that, man. So, so you know, I, I think that more conversations like that are being had. I think the more that's being put out there, the more that people will realize what's what's happening. And, and, I, and I think that's very important. And I'm familiar with movement. I never had a chance to go, but definitely heard, heard of it. Um, I'll be excited to the day that I begin to see footwork happen at some of our, yes. some of our own Golden Voice shows here, getting yes. some juking going on, you know. Uh, Absolutely. You know, <laughs> legendary. Shout stuff. out to juke bounce work. They're doing great. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yes, yeah. yes yeah. sir, man. Saish, man. This has been such an honor be to speak to you for the Golden Voice Podcast. And just thank you so much for coming here, kicking it with me, chopping it up with, with, with our listeners here, and you know, just providing the insight about your career experiences. I hope that if anyone's listening to this, they take away just like your journey and just seeing that, you know, there's there's so many different lanes that you can get involved with with this, and that you know, there's so much to what we do here at Golden Voice. And, and I really think it's dope to see from your perspective, from that creative perspective that you have a graphic design just that insight that you provided here is truly awesome man so again i can't i can't wait to continue to work with you in the next endeavors and, and i and i'm so excited to see what you do next overall in your career man so saish thank you so much my brother for just giving me a little bit of your time for the golden voice podcast it means a lot hey, I, pre I appreciate you so much thank you so much for having me on and um i love what you're doing with the podcast and i'm so stoked to see this grow and stoked to work with you more man so yeah thank you so much and there you have it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, this special bonus episode of the Golden Voice podcast. Saish, man, he has such a great story, a dope story. And, you know, one of the cool things that he said after we wrapped up the interview was just like, you know, there's so many, you know, dope people within Golden Voice that has so many different interests. And the more we get a chance to do things like this, just chop it up when there's downtime, right? Because we're all so busy doing these shows, putting on these amazing events for, for you here. Uh, you know, we get a chance chop of one another it's like man we kind of learned something so cool about it and that honestly was a real conversation i have never had a chance to speak with saish uh one-on-one -on -one like that throughout our time working together so you got to hear something really special just two people you know really connecting like that and i think that's dope so you know there's so much more you know conversations like that that we have here within going voice so if you like that type of content right it's not artist interviews it's not necessarily a public figure interview but it is people from the actual golden voice team so if you want to hear some more content 
content like that, let me know because I definitely got that for you, okay? Because there's so much more awesome stories within the Golden Voice team, just like Saish, and I would love to share that with you as well. With that being said, the Golden Voice podcast is going to return on January 12th with our season one finale. But between now and then, and all that time, we're going to be releasing some bonus episodes to you, okay? So I got those bonus episodes coming for you right here for the Golden Voice podcast. So just stay subscribed on your favorite podcast platform, whatever that platform is, Apple, Spotify, or whatever that you utilize. Go ahead and stay subscribed and follow the Golden voice podcast on that favorite podcast player and app so again i'll be checking in with you next wednesday but enjoy the holiday season the golden voice podcast will return with our season one finale interview on january 12th but i just want you to enjoy the holidays thank you so much for spending just a little bit of your time with myself and saish and now go ahead and spend it with yourself as well all right i'll be checking in with you soon take care